0: Welcome to the Thomas Anonymous Show with your host, Tommy Natoli. That's me. This is the best LGBTQ plus podcast featuring members and allies of the community. They share their experiences growing up, coming out and all the fun in between. It's hilarious, poignant and salacious. So you better buckle up because it's going to be a truthful sparkly ride. Hi, welcome to the show. Yes. You're here. I'm here. I almost forgot to do a show this week. I'm a little bit late publishing, but I'm here now and very, very grateful that I'm alive. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I've just been super lazy. I am just enjoying this winter break and maxing and relaxing to the point that I forget about my, my responsibilities. So, today's show, I'm chatting with a fellow content creator on Stereo app. Paul's Brain, AKA Paul Ober, is here on the show today. And he is a podcaster, stand up comedian, comedy writer, internet boy. And <laughs> that's his words, not mine. That's his bio. And, uh, you know, he's officially the first buy guy to grace the stage of Thomas Anonymous. So I'm super happy he agreed to come on and talk with me. And we talked so much, you guys. This was another great stereo app moment for me because I was meeting someone cool whose brain was clicking with my brain, and it was awesome. And we, in fact, we talked so much that I had to edit so much out. Like, we talked for like two and a half hours. And if you're a crazy person and you want to hear every minute, uh, feel free to go to Stereo and follow either one of us. I'm sure the talk is on there in its entirety. But for today, let's just get into what we do here and what we do well here. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Anyway, I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm excited for Thomas Anonymous and Paul Ober.
1: Okay, so the thing that's wrong that I hate that people get wrong about bisexuals is that they all have STDs. <laughs> that's the first thing. The second thing is the monogamy. <laughs> well, <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> what was the second thing? The second, the second least favorite thing is the the fact that they just don't believe that
0: they can be in a relationship. Oh right, right, yeah. Well, because you know, if if you're bisexual, that means you're just some crazy sex addict that's just like having sex with different genders every single day. Everybody knows that.
1: Yeah, like the, the kid from uh, uh, Big Mouth, the the little Hispanic kid who's just like, who literally just yeah. has sex with his couch, his <laughs> pillow, he yeah. sexualizes a different ob- inanimate object every season. He's yes, the only the bisexual fucker. character in the show. And that right, right. And I was like, fuck. I know. But looking back on it, was he wrong? I feel like they just use the bisexual character as like the excuse to show how insanely sexual a kid can be with like, it, just like to the point that it humps things. It do- that's There true. are a yeah. lot of kids like that. Like, you know, not, I would say like middle school, like you got those kids for sure. So is it doesn't have to be the bisexual kids. Like, fuck.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry they did that to you. But, you know, of course they were going to do that to you because uh, that's, you know, it's just we love we love we love to eat up those cliches, you know, and, and turn them into either good or bad comedy. Where, where are you originally from um, SoCal? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Grafton, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Where's that in Mass? Is that like a central? Uh, Just, just
1: it's like connected to Worcester on the Eastern side.
0: Copy that. Okay. Worcester for sure. Wow. Okay. So you were like on the other side of Massachusetts from where I was. So was it, is it like, what is it like out there? I don't even know. I think I drove through once when I was driving back from California and it was just like woods.
1: (laughs) Well, no, no, no. The middle of Massachusetts is a lot of woods, really, really small town vibes. I love it. Um, I think the biggest difference is that our dad, like compared to sub South of Boston, not just South, I think uh, the big difference is that our dads beat the shit out of us less than you, than your dads. Oh, got it. Oh, okay. How nice. That's cute. Yeah, I think that, I think that's the big difference, the biggest. If I had to point
0: to one, it's like okay, we got pawns, and also <laughs> dads don't beat the shit out of other. <laughs> there are so many pawns. I know. What, what was uh? So like this was just like your 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 blue collar Massachusetts town. Was there any kind of like? lgbt anything happening uh uh, like growing up in school or in the community or anything or even like one gay kid in school was there anything like that or was it super not not? a single one not a single (laughs) one that's what i figured (laughs) that's what i figured not a single single one it would be complete fucking suicide to come out at my schools wow so, like, did you know growing up that there that you were kind of leaning towards both, uh, both men and women? Or was it something that like, you didn't really deal with till you left town? Like, what was that like to, to grow up not having it around you, but then kind of like internalizing that?
1: My, my parents said that they saw something like, you know, I would always gravitate towards like hanging out with the cuter boys when I was growing up. I think my mom told mm-hmm. me that. But I also had crushes on the girls in school and I didn't really have a crush on a guy until sixth grade. Or at least I didn't call it a crush. I, right, I right. You know, you know, when you start developing the sexual urges and stuff like that, and it's just like, I remember this guy, he had. Uh, this frosted tip hair he was the most boyishly handsome boy in school it was one of those and it's just like I I, it's like oh man he's so cute and I remember thinking that and like start that was like when the spiral of self-hatred happened because I grew up Catholic and Mm -hmm. the combination of that with 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 like trying to figure that out is like oh okay so I suck I mean, not to
0: right. mention, I've grown up in Massachusetts, so it's like, you know, word faggot is like every other word. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. It was just, I mean, like, that's how I was asked to take out the trash. Like, it was just part of like how how people spoke to each other. And I mean, that was something I really had to, like, work at to get out of, like, you know, my vocabulary. Like, just like, oh, like regular people don't talk to like, talk to each other like this. Like, got it. Like, that was something I had to learn when I left Massachusetts. Like, oh, OK, cool. You know, but yeah, Roman Catholics, I mean, talk about just hating yourself from 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 dusk, dusk till dawn. It's it's I I you know, we dabbled in the, the 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 Roman Catholic scene. My mom kind of bounced back and forth between like crazy, like uh, Christian Baptist scene. And then like we'd go back to the Catholic Church every so often. So it was kind of back and forth. But I mean, they're all kind of from the same horrible book. So <laughs> there's no there's no love for the. uh for the different but um was was there like did you know like i i for sure like like both and i want to try to maybe only like girls like was like with that self-hate was were you ever like trying to get rid of the the side that liked guys
1: i mean oh yeah of course i did why wouldn't i yeah exactly um, you know
0: it was like kind of like your mom with churches it was that was what it was like with
1: me i would go from embracing being gay and yeah then uh and then sort of flip-flop and be like, okay, that's a phase, obviously. I see that on TV. People call it a phase. Uh, yeah. So, like, I could – that's a phase. That's that's not real. There's no way God would make, you know, somebody like this on purpose, so I must be choosing it. So it's like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to choose to ignore it. And then I would submit to the urges again. It's like, okay, I guess I am gay. No, I'm straight. 100% straight. And then after, like, a, a few years of that, I think, like, by eighth grade, ninth grade i started really getting confused because i started realizing that in the same day i could be attracted to a girl and a guy and what the hell is going on there that doesn't make it like so so if i'm attracted to both and i'm like trying to repress one of them or the other all the time it's might just be both is that okay yeah i don't think that's okay and so like i went on the internet trying to find answers and all that led me to was like fucking furry communities and shit like that
0: (laughs) which which is like the last thing you need
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and and so it just got i don't know i mean like realistically the internet was the only place where people understood me at all because i didn't not only did i not know any gay people but bisexual doesn't exist there is only the polarizing things you know so
0: so that's kind of where i I went and
1: that's where i figured out like oh there's a lot of people like me it's not a choice i'm not a bad person uh and, and you know, I mean, like, and you would even go on these forums and, like, you tell gay guys that you're gay. And, that, I mean, that you're bi and, like, they don't believe you.
0: Yeah, that was definitely something I was, I was going to ask you about because that's one thing I've noticed with gay guys is they have such an attitude when it comes to, you know, bisexual guys. And, you know, I was definitely guilty of it back in the day. But I, you know, I, I was one of those guys who used, like the bisexual label as an easy way, like I said, a way to dip your toe in the water. Like when it came to like coming out to my dad, like I didn't tell him right away that I was gay. I was like, you know, I like, I like girls and boys, you know, like it was a, it was like, for me, it was a little launching pad, but every, like every gay guy kind of has that, like, they don't believe it. Um, And I think that's just so fucked up, honestly, because it, it's usually from a gay guy who's never even like, tried to have, you know, like who who, what they call the gold stars, you know, cause I definitely yep. slept with girls and boys and you know, I was, it's not that I wasn't attracted to girls. I just definitely had a preference for the, for the guys. And, and yeah. And for me, I kind of felt bad that I was uh, leading girls on basically because I knew that like, I wasn't as attracted to them as I was uh, to the men, you know? So, so yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but um, no, I get that. Uh, um, I understand.
1: I mean, like- what, Look, I mean when you're young you're just trying to make sense of things and the only thing that you can make sense of is your direct sensory experiences. Yeah. And what your direct and like I think the whole concept of coming of age is your direct sensory experiences very rarely match up with what society is expecting you to be like. And it's I think a lot of like the the things that we come up with after that are directly related to why doesn't my sensory perceptions add up to what society is and and what society is saying that everything should be or what religion is saying that everything should be why aren't these things equating especially when it's me i'm not even thinking about other people i'm thinking about my feelings and my urges don't add up to what society's saying that so so now i gotta make sense of that and so i think one of the things that makes sense is if you're a gay guy and you use being bi as like a stepping stone to get other people comfortable with the fact that you're gay why would you not think that everybody who says that they're bi is doing the same thing
0: right <laughs> makes sense right you know i was uh, i was lucky in the sense that i think i was like 26 and at some like party in pasadena and there was a bi guy there and i you know i started to give him like an attitude and, and sassiness about it but he really just sat down and, like had like the best conversation with me and made me realize like exactly what you were just saying that like you know like that's It's understandable, but it's not everybody's experience. And it was just, you know, like when you're younger and you have those light bulb moments of like, oh, I'm not the only idea making thing in the world. Got it. Cool. (laughs) You know, what's funny
1: about that? Um, A big, so I'm not Catholic. I'm not Christian. I do believe in God. And I I think like a big argument for God is the realization that every single other human being is going through the exact same. They're all thinking as much as you think it gives you almost a sense oh. of uh calmness and it gives you a sense of calm for sure yeah because it's like you no, know, all my anxiety occasional depression you know all those like racing thoughts and shit basically everybody goes through that a little bit everybody's thinking it's not like it's not like you're meet- meeting a face and there's no thoughts going on in there there's regret yeah it's kind of like a release and and what's crazy is that their sensory perceptions and how they reacted to the way society is so completely different than yours but you have to have empathy for that part, as long as it's not hateful.
0: Yeah, so true. I love that. Random tangent. Sorry. No, it's. <laughs> I love I love a random tangent. I love going off the rails. I'm down for all of that. <laughs> well, it's it's like when you have it's kind of it kind of like breaks your own brain to realize that. But it's like you were saying, that's like it's like a relief to realize, oh, like we're all just kind of on these crazy hamster wheels in our own in our own minds, you know. Yeah. It's not a negative thing. I'm not saying this in a negative sense, but I do find
1: that when my thoughts are racing at night or when I feel very anxious, I'm coming from a technically selfish or self-centered place. As if, like, in, in a way, the world revolves around me. And there has to be a little bit more acceptance of, like, just, like, the
0: condition that humans are in, you know? So how long were you, uh, like, in that, uh, that Massachusetts town for? Did you, like, leave right at 18? Were you... Hanging out there for a few years. So I'm 29 years old. I went to college at University of New Hampshire. Played
1: hockey there uh, for a little bit, not on the D1 team or anything. I was on. I was the starting goalie for the second club team, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got kicked out of housing, which made me have to join a fraternity to stay on campus for free. <laughs> and and I never wanted to join a fraternity ever. And it ended up being a good and horrible experience at the same time. Lots of growth, many regrets, hilarious time coming of age figuring out what to do and what not to do and then I moved back home after I got my degree I dated a Latina girl uh, and for like nine months and then moved to Cincinnati for a uh, um, for a pyramid scheme that I shouldn't have done and then I did the pyramid scheme which led me from Cincinnati to Baltimore uh, and I did all that for about three years and then I moved back home back at home my parents had moved closer to Boston they moved to Bedford I'm living with them mm-hmm. in their apartment, which was just an in between between houses, they were still trying to find a house. The housing market wasn't doing great. They they have a house now. Um, they just kept getting outbid, which must be so frustrating getting a house, anyways. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Like, they started going <laughs> like, just... to lengths to buy a house, like to like, okay, how about this? We'll give an extra 10 grand down payment. Like, they started going insane trying to get a house, and oh I totally God, understand. It's... Like, you gotta, but, anyways. Uh, And so I'm living with them, which I probably, you know, if my kid moves back in with me at 26, I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to love them and I'm going to hate them for living there. (laughs) So like, I'm going to love them. I'm going to love being near them. I'm going to hate them for it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. Wow. Okay. So that was.
1: Yeah. So it was tumultuous. Early 20s were tumultuous. And then I met Sydney. And I happened to meet Sydney when I started trying comedy and in Boston clubs. And I was awful. It was very bad. I was very bad at stand up comedy at first. So, yeah, I actually sat down and I wrote jokes and I wrote the jokes about me being bi and being in a relationship with a big black man, which is my boyfriend, Sydney, and fucking murdered. But the best part about was- it was that he was there. It was his first time seeing me do stand up comedy, <laughs> me knowing that I'm bad at it. Wow. Um, I said, You should come and see me do stand up and you should bring your, your, I met his uh I met his family at a lobster bake that his family does and I'm like, You guys should come see me do comedy. Why the fuck oh did my I god. ask him to come see me do they comedy? I'm bad at comedy. <laughs> That's how little I cared about life. I'm just like, hey, oh this is the fast track to make sure this doesn't work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seriously, I mean God. <laughs> um, oh my
1: god. So his dad, yeah. his stepmom and what's worse, his sister and her wife. All four of them came to watch, and Sydney's there. And so I'm I'm scared to death. I took four shots of uh, a fireball actually um, before I went. Oh God! And I got up there. And this was a mic or a show? Just they they all came to a mic. It was a mic, and I'll never forget uh, this mic. This is actually my favorite mic in Boston, maybe because of nostalgia. But it's called a it's called Wonder Bar. Okay. It's Mm-mm, called Thunderbar no. Comedy, if you ever looked up, like, the Boston mics. Um, it's in the basement of Wonder Bar. So, yeah, th- this was my first time ever there. Um, Owen Linders is the guy who hosts it. What a great guy he was. Um, I remember him introducing it me, and uh, he's like, all right, and this is his uh, first time performing at the club. Please welcome uh, I remember him saying something like it's not going to go well. And everybody
0: laughed. Great intro.
1: Yeah, and it, it, but it just didn't even phase me because I'm like, You're right, I'm bad. Right. <laughs> so it's like I don't care. So but but the absolute I don't know what it was about the situation, but there was obviously in a real world there would be so much pressure to do well that I right, decided yeah. I decided there was no pressure. So I should not have invited these people, let alone my <laughs> boyfriends. Uh, this is a horrible idea. And so I just like me being trash still in that moment. I was like, th- I am surrounded by trash. I am all yeah. the situation. I did this to myself. Let's fucking do it. And uh, I went up there and all of my written jokes were about me and Sydney's sex life and how people perceive us. And like, you know, I'm smaller than him by like 200 pounds. He's, uh, mm-hmm. he's six foot two or six foot three. Uh, and it's like, I can't, so, so wow. I just made jokes about our sex life and a few of them at the very end were super raunchy. I, and <laughs> my favorite part was like his dad's there, so I'm going to include his dad. And so I included the dad in some of the jokes on just improv, just to try and embarrass wow. Sydney as much as possible. And, uh, which he had just recently come out to his dad too. Like, this was just all gravy, uh
0: dude i love this though because it was this is like the perfect recipe for disaster and it went wonderful i know (laughs) but on a comedy side it was it was like the it was like the comedy side it was a perfect recipe because like you not caring and being like oh i suck like combined with this crazy idea to like have these people show up like it sounds like, like is what made this like really great set come, you know, that's, and I love, that you, I love that you're talking about like sex with their child, like while they're there, like, this is just like the best. Yeah. I was,
1: uh, I was, I was super, it, it was, it was the experience that made me uh, want to move to Cali. Um, I, I got a standing ovation at the end, which I had not even come close. You don't understand how far out that idea was.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I'm not fibbing. Like, what, okay, I how... just got a text message from my boyfriend. He's listening. Sid, you had just come out to your dad. You came out <laughs> to your dad while I was in a relationship with you. And this was like, this was, this was early on in our
0: relationship. I remember that it was in the first year, obviously, but like first nine months, I think. So he was recently uh, uh, out. And how long have you been out at this point? I've been out since eighteen, nineteen. So you came out like right at at the end of like high school and and to everyone like your parents everyone. It was a process. I think I
1: came out to my mom first, uh, be- not because my I didn't trust my dad or anything. Uh, it was because my <laughs> oh great now I get my boyfriend's gonna say how wrong I am. I'm not wrong about this. That is how it happened. <laughs> is um, he one of our messages? He's both of them. I bet you anything. Oh, uh, but <laughs> I didn't <Yes>. fifth. <laughs> I already explained it. You were busy <laughs> typing your voice message, Sydney. <laughs> while I explained it. Anyways, uh, well, let's let's. Yeah, let's listen to him. Let's listen. Yeah, but that's pretty awesome, right? I mean, you're able to overcome perfectionism and show up and actually do your work, which I, I think so many people would have been intimidated by or would have been so focused on the fear of bombing to not really develop that, you know, authentic connection with the audience, right? And it sounds like that's what, you, what you've really done, Paul. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, you know, and there, there's some courage and bravery there too, right? Because I don't think any, I don't, I think a lot of people wouldn't be up for that. So, kudos. Well, th- thanks, Billy. Uh, thanks. Hell yeah. Shout out Billy JF. The, um, yeah, thanks,
0: Billy. And I, I think, think right. You know, it does take a certain amount of balls yeah. to like go up there and do that. And I think you just kind of reach that point where, just that great point in comedy where, like, you're just like, well, fuck it. You know, I gotta play this message because it's my boyfriend. Uh, yeah, please, let's do it. I didn't just come out to my dad when I when and we started dating. I came out on Facebook to everybody else. My dad's known I was gay since high school when I told him I was going on a date with a dude when he was in the shower and I had to brush my teeth. So now you're incorrect, babe.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, okay. So your dad already knew, but you came out on Facebook when we were dating. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, recently out.
0: It's hard to remember everything.
1: (laughs) But that works, though. He was recently out. I vividly remember the Facebook thing.
0: I like how he just like went like... in the bathroom <laughs> and was like, <laughs> I'm going to go date this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like Sid just like is calling me out. It's just like, this is our anniversary. It's like, what? <laughs> 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 I love that he like listens to you, though, you know? I...
1: Hell yeah. All right. So, fuck yeah. Two Two more questions and you got to go. I'm happy that you brought me on here. I hope I've been okay. Oh, I my gosh,
0: Paul, you're much. awesome. You're awesome. And um, would love to chat again about anything, honestly. I like how our brains uh, synced up on some of these topics, for sure. It's been really fun. Hell, yeah. Thank you, man. You too. I like to know, I um, and I hope I get two from you, but I like to know how everyone lost their virginity. I like to know the who, what, where, why of losing your virginity. And you can give me a girl virginity or a boy, but I'd like to have both, honestly. Um, I lost my virginity to
1: a Girl in a trailer park uh, yes. that I met in high school. Uh, she was a she was a model, beautiful soul. Ooh. I ended up being a complete asshole to her afterwards, and I of still course. regret that to this day. Um, <laughs> it was, I was having a big struggle of my religion at the time, being by trying to figure mm-hmm. myself out, and all of that sort of inner judgment and hatred came out on her. Is I was mean. Was but, that in high school uh, or was that
0: post high school? senior year of
1: high school okay. and that was my that was my what i call my girl virginity my boy mm-hmm. virginity goddamn magical tom yes i went to new york i i had been i met this guy on a website that is it's just designed for predators it's called 321 gay teen that is the most like <laughs> date line Web- fake website that you've ever heard of, but it's real. It was a real place where, like, uh, you know, gay teens, bi teens, trans teens went to talk to each other. It was actually a really nice form, like forum oh, wow. slash chat room. And yeah. um, people were really like, you know, a little bit sassy, of course, but genuinely accepting. And I met a guy on there uh, named Phil, and I'm not going to say his last name. He's a model too. Uh, he and which. Is hilarious that that's how it ended up, by the way. I did not deserve those things lining up that I lost my virginity to two models. Wow,
0: look at you just ran, just bringing in all the models.
1: (laughs) It was hey, it was random, okay. I didn't deserve it. It's just, it was just a lot of coincidences, okay. I'm gonna um, and uh, and so like this, this dude, Phil, um, black guy, uh, and he was uh, had a huge penis. And we, we met on 321 wow. com, started talking, really liked his personality. He was really cute. He, he liked me. Uh, he thought I was really funny. And uh, we started Skyping. I remember the first time you Skype, you get all nervous and shit. Oh, I yeah. I used to Skype uh, the first time when I was 14. When I was 16, sophomore in high school, no, yeah, 16 and a half, I got, uh, he invited me to New York City, where he lived, where he was chasing modeling
0: and oh my god
1: i convinced my parents that i had met him at a boston university hockey camp
0: (laughs) of course (laughs) and
1: i said i want to go visit my friend in new york and they said well you're 16 and a half you're becoming a young man now We think this would be a, a big journey for you sweet go do it and i can't remember if i flew or took the train which is a weird thing to forget but i can't remember yeah i took the train thank you babe um and Why does he remember that and I don't? Anyways, I took the train there from (laughs) Boston to New York City. Yeah, I do remember that because he picked me up in the station and everything. Okay, so Phil he picks me up in the station, and uh, and we go back to his place. And I think like we promptly had sex. And uh, wow, but but it's like it was it was the electricity. Like between us had been building for
0: close to two years. Yeah, I that's think. what I'm. I'm so interested in that part of it. Like, I love that there was this like like years of a buildup like that. I mean, that must have been so hot, honestly. Like, wow.
1: Yeah,
0: it was. <laughs> like it was it was
1: great. And then I remember, like, I was surprised for what a what a stupid thing for me to think. He lives in New York City. Guess what I thought. He's 16 years old. Of course he lives by himself. Of course right. he doesn't. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> he was
0: I was like, convinced
1: <laughs> he lived alone. Why would he have a parental figure around? Of course right. he wouldn't. Yes, he did. I'm expecting us to be like having sex on the sofa and shit for there to be like this awesome thing. Turns out his uncle that he lived with doesn't even know that he's gay. And it was just secret sex the whole time. <laughs> Which made it better.
0: Where but where would you do the secret sex? Was it like in his bedroom? The, the I remember the way the apartment was set up so vividly because
1: it was like an episode of Charlie Brown in a way. I never saw the uncle's face, never talked to him, never met him. It's as if he like he knows, but he's not going to acknowledge it. He was definitely that type of Republican. <laughs> so, like, like, he went to the Army, and he's a big believer in Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Like, you could tell that was right. Him. He's in there oh, watching gosh. the Giants play every day. Somehow, they only play once a week. And I was there for, in the bedroom having sex with his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and so like uh i remember we walked in um phil announced that i was there and i think the guy said hi paul never looked at me and we went into his room wow. and we like and we like just took off our clothes and like had sex and like yes look, and then we had sex in the shower i think we uh like immediately afterwards. And that, like, you know, that impossible libido that you have when you're 16.
0: Yeah.
1: And and it was weird because he looked exactly like I imagined him to. Uh, You know, you see him on Skype, but you don't always add up. Like, for some reason, people think I'm taller than I am. when, Like, on the internet. Somebody said I was 6'6". I'm 5'11", and my boyfriend doesn't even believe that. Oh, wow. Like, he says there's no way I'm over (laughs) 5'10". But i'm eleven. <laughs> he said do so you hear that he just says i'm five nine from the other that, room that,
0: oh my god and, <laughs>
1: that's so funny
0: <laughs> he's how tall again how tall is he he's like 6'2", 6'3. holy shit wow
1: so anyways uh
0: that's great th- no that's about, a like, good one yeah yeah that was yeah it,
1: it was funny and we also went to nathan's uh for hot dogs he showed me around the city it was uh yeah it was great. The thing was is that his dick was so big that I couldn't have sex on the on the third day. We had too much sex at that point. I thought that I might uh, have to go to the hospital. It was like a thing. oh, oh uh,
0: wow, that's now that's brave. Now that was brave of you. <laughs> <laughs> big dicks are scary
1: sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I hope my parents didn't listen to this. Uh, but like yeah, that was um, my parents listen to me on stereo. That's so like, you know.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. I should have, I should have, uh, I should have warned you. I was going to ask something inappropriate. Sorry, mom and dad. I'm inappropriate. I'm that inappropriate friend. You're probably not going to want over for dinner. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm the inappropriate friend. My parents don't want over for dinner. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love you, mom and dad. (laughs) Well, this one's my last question isn't uh, isn't dirty or inappropriate. I want to know like what like honestly what your favorite and least favorite part like of the LGBT, you know, whatever community like what's your favorite part of the community and what's your least favorite part? OK,
1: I love going to gay clubs and drag shows. I love going. Ooh, yeah, I think those are really fun. I haven't gone in, I think, four years, maybe oh. maybe three and a half.
0: I love a good drag show. Yes. Um, so fun. I, love,
1: I love the can- I love the the backdoor drag shows. I love the little ones that like, I, I went to this place in Cincinnati a lot called Below Zero and they had drag shows like two nights a week, I think. And it was like, maybe like they would pack a hundred people into this little area, but nice. it was a lit. It was lit. The the drag queens would always put on as good of a show as humanly possible. Um, th- that was a lot of fun. So I like that. Um, I don't watch RuPaul unless Sydney puts it on, uh, because mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm not like, like, like the the, the cattiness and the drama. I'm not a big fan of.
0: I'm not a big <laughs> yes. fan of cattiness
1: and drama. Uh, and the show highlights the drama part and the cattiness, and it's like I like when they're doing stand up on stage, and I like la- yeah. I like it when they're they're being funny and they fake sing. Some of them can sing, like, and it's goofy. It's like a variety show in a weird way, and like I, yes. I'm, a, I'm a comedy fan. I, I love, love a lip
0: sync. I don't need a. I don't need a. Um, like a Real Housewives kind of drama. But I love like the lip syncing and the the theatrics of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's the part that ruins it a little bit for me with uh, RuPaul, and especially the way that they portray drag queens on TV. Yeah. Uh, because I think it takes away from the fact that they're actually like a group of extremely loving people, and th- I have never met a single drag queen be mean to me once. So it's like, why would they be be so toxic? And the fact is, is they're being toxic for TV. That's just what it is. They're toxic for social media. They're toxic for TV. Of course, they're going to be the famous ones because we live in a moment in America, which is both beautiful and bad, where because there was so much hatred for drag queens, gay people, LGBTQIA, we can say anything we want. And people will just be like, you're so brave. You think 9-11 was an inside job.
0: <laughs> we can do yeah. whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: and so what's going to get famous is the people that say whatever they want. And the type of people that usually say whatever they want can be very mean people. And those are the famous ones. So, like, I get why it's happening. It's just not my experience with it. So I love drag shows. Uh, I love going to gay clubs. But I think... My, my favorite thing about gay clubs is gay bartenders. They're the best people on earth. Yeah. Gay bartenders are the most wonderful people alive. <laughs> I, like, I like the inclusivity and the love. The thing that I hate the most is uh, the people that have fake personalities, which I'm <laughs> experiencing much more now that I've come to. Uh, LA. When when I was outside, I yeah, a lot, I would meet, I would meet, you know, like flamboyant gay people, and there's nothing wrong with being flamboyant and gay. Uh sure. there's nothing wrong with being yourself. There is something wrong with attempting to look for any opportunity to be mean
0: or like catty. Uh, I don't. Like I agree that. with you so much. Yes, yes, yes. Def- if I could clap it's for the right now, I would.
1: That's what it is. Being mean is a defense mechanism that was either taught. Or it was sur- for survival. That's, mm-hmm. that's what being mean is. And for some reason, no, not for some reason, we both know the reason why a lot of LGBTQIA people have that defense mechanism. It's oh, yeah. pretty obvious. People were very mean to us our whole right. lives. <laughs> yeah. But isn't the point of finding a very loving community to break down those walls rather than build them up even further and glorify them? Yeah. I think, I think being mean isn't a personality trait i think that's a very obvious choice of how you approach the world and i i don't i don't equate that to being a queen i equate that to being yeah you're mean yeah (laughs) you're a dick well like why are people friends with you because they say whatever they want they're so brave it's like you're an asshole you don't deserve friends there's a lot of people like that
0: I oh man, I totally agree a hundred percent on that one. Like being mean is just, you know, I feel like the biggest problem with like the community or or whatever is that is that like we take that whole being mean thing and we like project it onto each other more than like on the outside. Like like take that meanness and like project it onto the assholes, but instead like we're like meaning at each other, and that's what I that's what I hate the most. So I I, I love your hate. <laughs>
1: it's like a you know i mean like you know when people are mean to each other in the gay community what do you do you snap you're like oh get him girl Mm -hmm. why do we want to encourage that part (laughs) yeah bitch oh my god it's like you know there's a difference between standing up for yourself when necessary and just living in high school you know yeah in your 20s
0: (laughs) on stereo (laughs) on stereo too yeah
1: exactly full circle perfect oh my Uh, gosh
0: we did it Paul, we I did have it. to go. I'm so sorry. My boyfriend's going to dump me if I don't get my shit together and go with whatever we're supposed to do. But thank you so much for coming on. I really, really, really love the chat. And um...
1: I had a lot of fun. I'm sorry if I talked too much uh, just then. I think I-, I had like three cups of coffee and I'm
0: just fucking buzzing. So I'm sorry. No worries. We all do it. I do it. You do it. We all. That's what we're here for. To talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I've loved it. Thank you so much. I loved it too. Go have fun. All right. See ya. Bye. Oh my gosh, we've done it again. Thank you to Paul Ober for hanging out with me on stereo. You can follow him at Paul's Brain. And remember to download stereo and also follow Thomas Anonymous. That way you'll know when we are broadcasting live and having all the fun we have on stereo. Give me a follow on Instagram. Blah, blah. Give me a follow. I'm not going back. I'm not redoing it. Give me a follow. Give the show a follow. Show me some Instagram love. At Thomas Anonymous Pod. Okay, bye.